Welcome then, friends, to Tanked Up, a podcast about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben. It's episode 252. I'm here with the luscious Lucy. Oh, hello. Thank you. It's quite Happy all right. And the... Well, I can't remember what I used last time. I'm going to go with astounding. Hey. Hey. Hey, it's me. I am astounded. <laughs> you, don't, you don't present being astounding to people. You're just constantly astounded. Um, good. And, Let's... of course, there's you, benevolent Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why, thank you. Let's open some beers. Let's chat about some games for the week. If you've never listened to us before, we are a podcast in which we talk about video games, talk about video game culture, things surrounding that, and we drink some beers, drink some craft beers. Um, so we'll Except kick me. straight into. Oh, no, you're not on any tonight, are you, Lucy? No. You had, Just, I mean, uh, we both had a bit of a. a mm. You had a complete of. Sort of January was off completely. Yes. Back for a couple of episodes with some beers. I'm just having a nice quiet week again. Yeah, yeah, I just... Uh, not going to the gym is a trip, so I'm just trying to make... That's fair. Not concessions, but other improvements in other areas, so mm-hmm. maybe... That's good. Cutting down Absolutely. a bit. Maybe I should uh, uh, prioritise when I drink the beer, so I'm having one with you two, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 so instead of having one like on a Friday, I should uh, just be like, no to Friday beer, yes to Tuesday beer. I'll get yeah. the balance right eventually. But I think it's, again, it's kind of like when the moment takes you. Like, if, if it comes to Friday, like, could really do with a beer, you shouldn't then penalise yourself into kind of not having one when you feel like it because you're sort of either you've had one on the Tuesday or you're then waiting to kind of have one on on the Tuesday. It's got to be sort of more situational, hasn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. Agreed, yeah. Mm. Fair. But I, I, I don't know. It's just some weird habit I have of like... I don't know if habit's the right word, but it's like mm. I, I don't tend to drink during the week. <laughs> I think that's just like, oh, working... You know, it's sort of like a Friday treat or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Whereas when I'm unemployed, it's like drink all day every day. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's meant to be like that. <laughs> that's my excuse. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's because I'm unemployed. Yeah, yeah, that's how we roll. Uh, and I work for myself, so I can just sit here. I've got no one to no one to answer to but myself. So if I feel yeah, rubbish, it's exactly. my own fault. I think what Ben does is he also only drinks when he's unemployed. He just fires himself and then shortly afterwards rehires himself. <laughs> That's it. Currently, I'm unemployed. I might I might find myself a position tomorrow, but yes. Uh, good. Let's open um, some beers then, Adol. Uh, what are you oh. starting off with today? A beer of some sort that is behind me. That one. I couldn't remember. Um, <laughs> it is this one. It's the Corfu Food Advisor. Mm. It is Malt Garden collab with Seven Island. Uh, it is a, a very wordy uh, type of beer. It is a Greek tzatziki pastry sour with pink guava and mango and cucumber. A Ooh. Polish and Greek collaboration. It is the most wild set of things I have seen in a while, and I had to buy it. Yeah, that sounds like a menu at a food truck. 
It does. It sounds like mm. it's it's fusion food, but yeah. in a tin. <laughs> it's uh, want some feta it's cheese five, on that. Yeah, it's five point five percent. And everything that us Westerners consider exotic. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised fruit. there's no sriracha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm giving the nice. Corfu Food Advisor. What was well, the percentage? Five point five, okay. and it's a full five hundred mil can. Good. European, otherwise known as a full half liter. Mm. Well, that sounds way worse though. It sounds like drinking half a liter of beer. Five hundred mil sounds mm. better. Don't know why. <laughs> it's just the nuance, isn't it? Yeah. Between that. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, I'll have five hundred mils, thank you. Yeah. Um, cool. I am going to drink then a beer from Verdant. Uh, called 40 Watt Moon. It's a double IPA. It's 8%. It, I, I don't know why, but on the back you can see it says, mm, might not quite focus enough for you to see, but it says Hot Side Citra and Strata, Cold Side Citra and Strata. So who knows what, what that yeah, What's it called again? Uh, 40 Watt Moon. Maybe they just got one. Uh, is that like a what dark side of the light side of the moon riff? I don't know. I don't know. One part of the uh, brewery's cold, the other's got a little oil heater. Maybe that's it. <laughs> it. As it transfers across in between different vessels and, and things, that's what they've decided. Convection. Uh, but I will crack it open. There's no flavour text, as with most verdant beers. Yeah. Just gives yeah, you. Yeah, there was none the on mine, obviously. Cool. Adol, we'll come back to you. Um, I didn't mention, but it's got really kick-ass art. Mm. Um, uh, now, it looks like mango juice. Wow. It's, it's kind of almost thick enough to be mango juice t- looking to. It's just got the right sort of slightly translucent, but basically opaque, and the orange tone of mango. Mm-hmm. Um, as I poured it, it smelt I got wafts of tropical immediately. Uh, clo- closer nose, and you get um, smells like a light sour mm-hmm. on the nose. Sort of like you get a bit of a tang. Still have some of those tropical notes, and actually something kind of like the cooling of a cucumber. But it might just be because I know cucumbers in the name. You know how sometimes yes. your brain fills in the blanks, but it does have something in the offsetting the tartness. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's like no carbonation. This this is essentially juice, um, which is kind of wild to me. <laughs> I mean, we've had we've had juice yeah. bombs, but oh, they don't always have that appearance of juice. At least you know they they get close, but that that just just um, looks like juice. Yeah, it it's got the creamy texture of of juice, and um. This, so it is definitely more guava tropical than mango, mm-hmm. um, which isn't surprising because it says it has guava in it. Uh, I'm really sorry. I'm just kind of thrown off. The finish um, has that cucumber and a bit of a tartness, um, and because of the creaminess, I'll be fucked if it doesn't taste kind of like tzatziki between mm-hmm. all those things, yeah. which is just wild because it doesn't taste bad which you would think a tzatziki tasting mm. beer would 
but it's it's reminiscent. It's got, got all these component flavors, and it's like, yeah, that's that's very tzatziki without being like, I dumped tzatziki in a beer. Um, it's not like oh, it does have mango in it like, as well. Okay, you, so I'm not totally off. Of, does it have that kind of like slightly more minty kind of flavor to it as well, or is that kind of maybe the missing bit? That might be it. Yeah, you're right. Because yeah, it's definitely like this creamy texture, this tartness of like soured cream mm-hmm. and some cucumber oh my god <laughs> this does not sound nice at all I, i'm having a hard time describing it in a way that doesn't makes it yuck. seem yeah. le- like that makes it doesn't like doesn't make it seem less appealing than it is um it's wild because it's this weird under no but you also have this like guava mango tropical fruit forefront thing and it's mostly just as it fades away the tartness fades into this slightly creamy cucumber taste which isn't like i am tasting ziki it's like oh and i'm paying attention these things make are reminiscent of ziki mm-hmm. um it's still i don't know what it yeah sorry just i keep wanting to take more sips because as my palate's getting used to the tartness um that's like it's getting the mango and the guava are coming more to the forefront mm-hmm. earlier um, and, and now, you know, a few sips in that, like, component part tzatziki-ness is much less so. Right. Um, which is good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still, it's still like the very end, like the, f- most of it, like just that, that it's like got an air at the very end of the finish. It's not on your tongue, just in the back of your throat, as if you had had something sort of creamy and cucumbery. That's still kind of there. But most of the finish has sort of faded into the tropicaliness, yeah, okay. which I think is really good design. Just because if it actually tasted like all these things strongly, it don't think it would be a good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually super curious, super curious, super curious. Um, it, how it'll change by the end if like only a few sips in and a few sort of like a minute or two with it on my palate mm-hmm. it's already sort of the thing that was like blowing my mind is already sort of taking the back seat which i think again is a good thing because outside of being like whoa that really does taste like tzatziki it's not like a whoa i'm so glad this beer tastes a little bit like tzatziki now it's like okay that's already ref- like pulled back and and it, uh, i'm getting more of the beery flavors although it's so still mm-hmm. um, that I, I I want it to be more beery in the texture, even though like so even though the tastes are getting, you know, you're getting more of a sour beer regular taste. It's still like, but I'm still drinking kind of juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see how that balance goes in, in, in the um, forthcoming minutes. Yeah. Nice. Good. Okay. Um so for me, 40 watt moon. It's very, very um, light in colour. You can see it's got sort of a, a hint of yellow to it, but mm-hmm. um, it's very, very thick. It's almost a solid colour. It's not quite yellow. It's not quite orange. It's a bit murky, somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, big frothy head when I poured, which has dissipated quite nicely, but still leaving a little bit of lacing just around the glass, which is nice. Has it looks a... Like a- banana milkshake <laughs> it does yeah it does a little bit 
Um, it's got a nice kind of mango-y, but also like a hint of something more like melon in there, in the nose. Hmm. But it's not a big nose, it's quite light. Mmm. Hmm. Okay. It's a very light beer. Like there's a, there's a there's a bigger flavour in there. There's some bigger fruits in there, but sort of the mouthfeel, how refreshing it is as well, make me think at least that it's telling my brain that this is lighter than it is. You know, it's got a nice big sort of mango flavour to it. Um, maybe the melon in the nose is is lost a little bit in the in the flavour, but that might start to present itself a little bit more. Um, but it's very very refreshing. It, it feels like feels very cold. Obviously, it's been in the fridge for the afternoon, but something about this makes it feel uh, like a bit colder and a bit more refreshing than I would normally find, say, like a double IPA. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's the ice in the banana milkshake. Mm. Mm. Maybe it's something... Has it got oats in it? It has got oats in it. Barley wheat. Um, that's all it sort of tells me from the the extra sort of bits, but there's something else in this. It might be now you said banana, it's making me think, oh it does have a little bit of, of that <laughs> kind of feel to it. Like it does feel like not a milkshake as such, but something that is, you know, a little bit more oaty. You know, we get the creaminess mm -hmm. a little bit from, yeah. from the inclusion of oats and stuff. It has that to it. So it being a little bit colder, being a little bit more refreshing. And the inclusion of those oats are just making it feel a little bit more sort of creamy rather than going the other way and it's sort of being a bit more sort of resinous and oily. Um, it, it's definitely tried to lighten itself, uh, I think, and, and, and go more towards that sort of side. But yeah, nice big mango flavour. Creamy. And as I say, there is something else just in there. I'm not sure it is banana, but it's it's reminiscent of. Um, so whether again, whether it's, it's it's the yeast that's been used, something like that, which might just be adding to that kind of aspect of it as well, just to give a very kind of underlying flavour that runs throughout, and that's almost the thing that kind of sticks with you. There is a not a sort of not a big bitterness to it. But there is a very, very light bitterness that just sits at the back of your throat. That kind of creeps in right towards the end. Which is maybe a little more um, sort of smoky than anything else. You know, it's very, very light on the bitterness. But it does have a little hint of something there. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't tell you this was 8% whatsoever from drinking it. Uh, apart from it being a bit more full bodied. That's yeah. that's it really, giving away that it is a bigger uh, percentage beer, uh, but very nice, very easy drinking. I'm gonna pour the rest in my glass. Excellent. There that's where it belongs. Exactly. Wow. First. Yes, just before I deposit it in its ultimate resting place. Um, so, uh, Lucy, mm. we're gonna kick off the episode with you this evening. As you haven't got any beers to talk about, Adel and I have spoken at everybody for the last sort of uh, 15 minutes. I thought we'd, we'd kick to you first this week. Um, you can let us know 
what you've been playing or any other topics you want to uh, discuss this week? Um, I have been playing some Ring Fit. Started that Ooh, again. Nice. Oh, it had been a while, and um, after setting up this gaming chair, which makes me a new, a, a real gamer. I was a fake Obviously. gamer before, yep. you know. So I'm now a real gamer. Does it say? Does it say cyberpunk all over it, or it, <laughs> yes, it's is it yellow, yellow in places? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh no, it, that looks like one of them Batman chairs because it's black. <laughs> yes, it has uh, Bruce Wayne um, stitched into the uh, headrest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just his face sticking up from behind. Yeah, as you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly, this was not uh, sponsored. Um, I mean, mm. that's the only reason I come on tacked up. Because I was hoping I'd get a sponsored gaming chair, but mm. to no avail. Um, but yeah, it's a Secret Labs uh, mm. Titan. Very, I do recommend. It's very awesome. good. It's worth the money. Um, mm. So yeah. Uh, but yes, after setting this up, I was aching. My body was aching, and I was like, "It's probably because I haven't moved <laughs> for a few months." So let's get back on the uh, ring fit. So mm-hmm. been playing that. Um, how are you finding it? Is it? Um, did you kind of start where you left off, or have you taken it back sort of a few steps and started, uh, you know, eased yourself into it a little bit? Yeah, because I was doing the um, adventure mode for a while, um, but then I was just like, I don't want to hear this. It's very fun. I think it's a very good, you know, way to. You know, very cliche. Make exercise fun. It has got the, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, pretty charmful, co- colourful adventure mode. But I was just like, I don't want to go through this text hear about you know this this really buff dragon, you know, uh, killing people <laughs> or whatever with his, uh, you know, crushing people between his rock hard thighs or whatever. Is that but is that it, actually <laughs> what happens? <laughs> I mean, oh, dear. it's implied. Uh, yeah. That is a very buff dragon, but anyway, um, amazing. I enjoy it, and I probably do want to eventually want to get back to it at some point. But mm-hmm. um, what I find really uh, useful about it is that you don't have to do the adventure mode; you can just go into these quick, um, these quick custom uh, like exercises where it's like, okay, we're going to work your your glutes or your core in this um, set of exercises, and you just start that and. Um, yeah, it's like what, like five minutes, and you can just do several of those. Nice. Um, you can also just pick your own um, set of you know uh, exercises. It's like okay, I want to do planks and follow that up with um, squats and this and that. So you can set your own. So I, I just usually just go into those custom ones, and it's just like in and out. You know, do it before before I start work in the morning. So yeah, I, I th- uh, it's, it's really good. Like, I was looking at my profile and it's like, have like 65 hours on on it, which is like... Wow. More than I thought. It's probably not that impressive considering like, it's you know, I've had, had it over a year or something. Um, mm. I get it late 2019. So maybe a year and a half or something. What did I get? I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> it's... Given that there's been a pandemic and it's like literally no other outlet other than just running outside in your back garden, like mm. like you've lost the will. Um, 
Yeah, but it, it, 65 hours may not be a lot, but when I think about it, it's just like, oh yeah, it, it's more than I thought. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 really useful. I think like for the people who who wanted one, uh, it's like I think they're back in stock and it's just sold well because it's a really good product. It's it's well worth the money. 70, mm. 70 Yeah, quid. I think it's fi- finally not out of stock. Yeah. In the UK, because yeah. for like most of lockdowns one and two, yeah. um, it, it was I was like I would idly look into it because you you've said good things and it's like well, I don't leave this room often <laughs> outside of bathroom and kitchen. Maybe I should at least move around in this room a little more. But you go for walks, uh, which is more than I do. I do, and it, so I didn't earlier in like in lockdowns one and two it was very like oh it's dangerous maybe like minimize risk don't mm. go out blah 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 and now it's like oh i can minimize risk by avoiding people in the street and still be in the street yeah and uh progress mm. to put on your flamethrower and when you see someone burn them before they can give you COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's the future i always wanted to live in um, it's fine. It's going now. It doesn't matter. The, the you know over here in the UK, it's all going to open up soon. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I just don't irrevocable plan. <laughs> yes, we can't go back. We're on so that. confident in the plan, unlike all the other plans that we will say that we will do these steps without the possibility of them going backwards. Even though that just means that if it goes wrong, we are either going to break our promise to do the right thing or do the wrong thing because we were wrong mm-hmm. like i don't understand i hate that this rhetoric is working like we're so confident that we're gonna say we'll open schools up and they'll never have to sh- close again and you're like okay but what if they do no we we're yeah. like and people just buy it like well i mean he's saying he won't close them again yeah. so they must be sure of it it's like that's not how the world mm. anyway um, sorry, this is about this is a podcast about video games, so obviously politics has to stay out of it. Oh, that's true, <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about politics, <laughs> yeah. can we? They've got no, no politics, place. Yeah. No yeah. place in uh, beer or games, it's fine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think just doing Ring Fit, because like, I, I probably am not going to go back to the gym as soon as they're open, because that'll be mm. everybody else's uh, idea, and mm. let me just say, I was, you know, I, I'm alright to hawk a Secret Labs chair on this show and I'm equally capable because neither of them sponsor us Pure Gym is terrible Jim um, oh no and I don't trust the people who were there or people who go there especially <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah just, just, just bad um, so so yeah I, like when they were opening up last before what, mm-hmm. the second lockdown yeah, I was just reading reviews, and it was just like you know, some are great, and then some are just one star. It was all over the place, and I was just like, um, yeah, I, 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 I know the kind of people who you know. I don't want to be mean, but like some of those, uh, I, I just don't think they care. <laughs> some of the no, staff there—it's just no, like absolutely. It's just like I, I don't trust them to mm-hmm. wipe down the, every piece of equipment. Every time someone uses it, so that's fair. And with anyway, Winfrey, you haven't got to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. It's only my own sweat on that Pilates uh, band, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but that's Ring Fit, and still nice. fully recommend it. Um, it's what, just like a, seventy quid. That's the cost of a Call of Duty. Yeah, so. and, it mm. works, well, and it comes with a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's including the um, the thingy. What do you normally pay? A cheap gym's about a tenner a month. Yeah, mine's about 
15 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. six months of the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just to round that kind of conversation out, did you find um, that going back to it, you are uh, kind of happy with what you've done and will pick this up again on a, you know, daily, other, yeah, every other day, kind of weekly kind of basis? Or is it sort of a little bit more novelty? Um, I, I just... I don't find it as a novelty now because it's mm-hmm. like you know I know what it is and it's it's purely functional at this point. Um, I think I think the if I want novelty, I'll probably go back to that adventure mode. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just it's just useful to have because mm. it does it. It's one of those games where it's like there's tons of um, you know fitness games and stuff like that. I was looking at I was just putting like um, a few discs back into um, my bookshelf and I was like. Connect training? I had connect training on the 360? And I was like, uh, uh, that must have been terrible. I can't remember it. It's like, that must have been terrible because it's like it, the original connect was um, not great. Um, so that must, there's a reason I don't remember playing it, probably because I played it and it probably didn't work much. But yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the Switch, you know, and the Joy Con and the Pilates, man, it's just so good at what it does. Where it's not like you can cheat it or you want to cheat it, and and it and it does just it always motivates you, like because you're feeling that that feedback in the in the vibration of the Joy-Con and the Pilates ring, which is just a normal Pilates ring. But yeah, it, it just it's just integrated so well where it's, it just works, and it's like it, it's it's. It's one of those that you can fall off, but not because of any design flaw in the game. Just more mm. your own lifestyle, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah, I I think it's you know by far uh, probably is probably the best example of like an exercise game there is. Mm-hmm. Nice, good. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I I switched back on the Wii U actually. Um, Holy oh, crap! And I. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm finished. What did you play? Uh, that did Mario you have to lift, game. Was that one of the exercises, lifting the uh, the tablet up constantly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like ten kilograms that tablet. <laughs> um, in fact, actually, no, it's not. It's worse than that. It's like three grams because it weighs the same as the Fisher Price tablet, and it's just. Uh, I've been playing with it though. Um, I, I was mm-hmm. like, should I charge my Pro controller? And I was just like, nah, I'll just play. The, the gamepad and it's all right. I'm playing that Mario game because that 3D um, World one came out recently. Yeah, and I think it's quite funny. That's sixty pounds, and I went on the uh, Wii U shop. And it's twenty pounds. Mm. <laughs> it's wow. Like, yeah, I mean, it's so I, I will say that the Bowser's Fury has gotten so many positive reviews, mm-hmm. though yeah. it's three hours because it just shows so much improvement and like. Um, like cyclical improvement and fixing all the things you didn't realize could be made better out of 3D Mario games. And so I think I get why yeah. people are rushing to buy that version. Although if it's only three, like to me, it just is like, cool. When the next Mario full length game comes out, I'll probably day one buy it because mm-hmm. of all the reviews of this four hour game attached to an old game. Yeah. Versus yeah. playing yeah. 60 quid for both. Mm-hmm. Realistically, I'd, I'd probably end up purchasing it on the switch i didn't own it on 
the Wii U, despite having a Wii U. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind picking that up when it's like thirty percent off. But it's I'm still part of the problem. Um, when I have a perfectly capable Wii U, but as you say, if it, Bowser's Fury at least gives it a little bit something. more incentive, yeah, rather than just pooping out um, something and just, you know, like oh, Donkey Kong. No, that had Funky Kong mode and just Funky Kong mode is good enough. Um, so it's not just the yeah, universe, yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> they're, they're adding additional things in to then bring it to another platform. Yeah, yeah, which is good. They have no incentive to because people still buy them. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I played that Mario U game. It's not as bad as I thought it was. It is bad, but it's not as bad. Which, it's bad in Mario terms, but because um, it's so ugly. And um, which one is it? Sorry, like, uh, <laughs> levels are uninspired. It's it's the one on the U, uh, Wii U. I think it's just called Mario Brothers Deluxe U or mm. something like that. Oh, I, I do know which one that is. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's because I played it after 3D Land on the 3DS, and I was like. That's actually decent because I'm not a massive fan of the 3D Mario's, but that was decent. And, was, hmm. and I went right into that Wii U game, and it's just like, oh, this is proper ugly. It's it's so unin. It's, some of those levels are just very uninspired. And it's just god awfully ugly. <laughs> I think that's my issue. Mm. It's the, so ugly. Was that the game <laughs> the that they is, also like added? Uh-huh. Is it is it that style that they also added assets to Mario Maker two from? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think I think that was one of the um, uh, art styles in it, and just like let's just smear poop over the switch as well, and just call that an <laughs> art style. So uh, just just horrendously ugly, but <laughs> yeah, it's not as bad as I thought it was. But um, so yeah, I'm gonna finish that and. Uh, yeah, just a lot of bits and bobs, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the game I really, uh, you know, want to talk about more is uh, that Minute Fun Racer. Oh yes, I was going to mention. Oh mm, yeah, so we can talk about that when you're ready, Ben. No, let's let's do it now. I'm I'm happy nah? to, to chat about it. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to race into it. I didn't end up playing it, though I meant to. Now I feel bad. <laughs> it's fine. We can talk about it when you play it. No, it's evergreen. These games are evergreen. I'm talking about correct. All games are evergreen. Game, so yeah, take your time. They're going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Well, so, but I mean, tell tell mm. me about it though. It's it's. I just like saying this. It's part of the uh, minutes cinematic Min- universe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Minute, a game that which. Adil, did you ever get around to playing it? I, oh, I, I played really it, it not a bunch, but I played it. Yeah, I never oh, okay. like beat it or anything. Yeah, I played several minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, yeah. It was one of those things where I, yeah, I liked it. I just never got, never sort of the, mm-hmm. the week that I played it a little bit. It was you know other things came up and I never returned to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but it wasn't because the game there wasn't something wrong with the game. It just you know life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's Minute Fun Race has the same uh, concept where every sixty seconds you uh, respawn, you die. Um, minute was a 
top-down Zelda-like game, um, you know, adventure. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Minute Fun Racer is a racer, it, it, you know, um, it's very well. It's linear. You're just driving from um, left to right, mm-hmm. and you're meant to reach the goal uh, within the space of sixty seconds. And right, same in the same really nice one-bit art style, which I had to sit a, a little bit back away from. Uh, the yes. screen because yes. <laughs> it was getting a bit blurry and I was like mm-hmm. yeah, these one bit graphics are just like uh, you know moving at mm. pace I mean um, it, in minute the the first game it was like okay that was very you know slow and not sedentary but you know moves at a much slower pace whereas this is like you know zooming past yeah and you were on with, with minute you were on like fixed tiles so yes. you were kind of presented most of the most of the screen at once, and it might have scrolled very slightly, but you know mm-hmm. that was the playable area, and you kind of moved in and around that sort of thing. Whereas this is just constant scrolling as you're moving yeah. your racer, kind of in and out of different obstacles, or racing it forward, or braking, and and, and those sorts of things. So it does move at a much faster pace, and, and exactly the same, Lucy. I had to. I was sat here playing. And I'm like, oh, I just need to kind of sit here like this and, <laughs> yeah. and play instead because it was, yeah. it was just so I, I could see myself being like, yeah, oh, I, just, I, I can't quite keep up with what was sort of was coming, and then just mm-hmm. knocking into cars and dying um, because I was yeah. trying to look too far ahead. It's basically driving in the city, just a whole bunch of debris and crap and other cars in the way. People sleeping. Um, Bins in the road. At their yeah. Vehicle. Mm. yeah. It, so, if you're looking to pass your driving test, uh, play this. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to do that, you realize. So, one of the offshoots of the pandemic is uh, I was going to. I. Last time I was in Canada, I, uh, I got screwed around by my bank for proof of address, etc., for renewing my driver's license. Mm. And then I was, but I knew I had six months after the expiry of the license, which was on my birthday. So November 2019, sorry, October 2019. I know when my birthday is. Shut up. Um, But I was like, I'm going back at Easter, so I'll just catch the tail end of the six month grace period to renew. But then the pandemic came. Mm -hmm. So now I don't have a legal driver's license. (laughs) And it's been so long that it's been expired. Uh, uh, So the reason I did transfer it to here is because in Canada, you normally test with an automatic. Right. Mm -hmm. And the government here knows that. So if you transfer a Canadian license, they will give you an automatic only license for the UK, which is virtually useless. and then the, and the solution for, for upgrading that license to a regular license is to take a driver's test with an automatic, or a manual vehicle. So it's like, okay, well, I don't want to take a test. I, but if I keep, until I'm sh- like, as I was a student, I could pretend that I was still a resident, but going back home and like fudging the data with the license. And now obviously I can't do that anymore because I'm not a student, but then my license I couldn't renew. And so now it's just like, Cool. My parents live outside of the city, so next time I'm in Canada, I can't actually go anywhere because <laughs> I'll be, I won't like there'll be a car for me, but I won't be allowed using it legally. Fuck! I need to do a driver's test at some point, 
and I should probably do it here so that I don't have to deal with a kerfuffle and it's just like oh god this is <laughs> stupid but also how do you get your driver's license in the middle of a lockdown <laughs> I have no idea I have I, seen I people I've seen I've seen learners out should, yeah both yeah, of them I are masked have, yeah. the driver the, the the driver and the instructor are both wearing masks uh, I assume that's it really I guess this has got to be like I the mean, worst time to actually learn though because nobody else is on the road <laughs> oh I didn't even think I about mean, that I, I might time, be able to like scream through yeah it. the best time but also the worst time because yeah. as soon as all of the cars are on the road you go holy fuck where did all of these people come from uh, but see i've been driving since different i was 14 yes very different i just need to get to pass a test and my only worry is the things i i've driven in this country a handful of times right um so do you know how to drive manual then Oh yeah, yeah. You drove uh, my car. It's just yeah, it's, on yeah. the license. Yeah, yeah. I drove. I drove us back from Birmingham because we broke Ben that True, night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I say we, I mean Birmingham and Lucy broke Ben and myself. <laughs> I just walked it off for eight hours <laughs> into the into the setting and then raising sun or whatever. I feel at the moment we should, for just for legal reasons, we should probably say minute fundraiser is not the way to pass your driving test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, so so when you said driving around town, you just reminded me that that's a thing I need to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. But, mm, that um, sucks. Um, yeah. How long did you... Oh, yeah, I mean... Lucy, how long did you spend with, uh, with Minute? Uh, I, I think I finished after playing 49 minutes, because I, okay. I, I remember closing the app oh, wow. after I uh, reached the goal for the first time. Um and after you finish the first goal, you can do two more laps, um, yes. which I did not do because I was like, this is going to kill my nerves um, trying to do it for, for another two laps. So I was just uh-huh. like, no, I've, I've um, done done one lap, had a really good time with it. It was 49 minutes. I remember it was 49 minutes because I closed the app and I was like, I wonder if I beat Ben. He's played for 34 minutes. I wonder if he, <laughs> he finished it in 34 minutes and... I'll, I'm the pro gamer now. If my gaming chair, like you cannot beat me. <laughs> but um, how, how long does it take you? Thirty-five minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Um, I did start. I did start wait. the second lap, but I only had yes. one run at it, yes, and that was yeah, that was yeah. it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to this. Um, <clears throat> And it's and it, it, is, it, is a, it is a fun mm. little yeah it's a fun little game as you say there are upgrades mm. so as you're driving around your your timer starts at ten seconds and every time you pick up a coin it adds seconds but it also counts as currency to buy things in the shop so you can buy things that have absolutely no purpose to the gameplay things like mm. horns or a flame decal for your for your bike. But then you can buy a helmet, which will give you one free yes. bash into anything, um, or you can buy like boosts and, and and things like this. So there are some some stuff, and it, it's got that same idea of um, you know that minute kind of had that even though you've only got a minute, there is progression. There is that constant yeah. progression. You feel that progression, and know that it is kind of uh, that it, that it exists. Yeah, you definitely it's get such that a with satisfying this. gameplay loop yeah. that yeah. they just have nailed and it's mm. really cool to see just you know different uh application of that core mechanic and still make it really fun and 
yeah, they, they, I don't know how long the development took on this, but it's like, it was just there one day, it was like, we release this, and all done, all uh, proceeds go to charity, which is yeah. awesome. And, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what, what charity it is, but yeah, everything, everything that you, um, you spend on it all will go to charity, and there's, mm-hmm. at the moment, there are, um, three levels, so you can get it for £2.09p, which is a bit, a bit mm-hmm. random, Seven seven pound nineteen, and then fifteen forty nine. So it allows mm-hmm. you to cater what you'd like to contribute to as well, yeah. which I thought was a it was a, a good um, idea as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just a good little fun racer. Yeah, they've they've nice named little, it perfectly. Yeah. It's a nice little moose bouche, you know, just like less it than is. an hour. Absolutely, it really is really good. Yeah, I I. I enjoy their games and it reminds me I, I gotta play and finish Disc Room I don't know what's wrong with me mm. don't know why I haven't yet um, maybe my it's new hard. gamer chair um, hey. I'll feel more I'll feel more inclined to uh, play watch more watch your PC, satin comfort but, um, yes uh, just one other game I won't talk about it at length because mm-hmm. I'm probably what a third of the way through it but um, it's this game called uh, Voyage, and I think the dev is called Venturos. I think they're um, European dev. Let me have a look. But anyway, I, I just saw like a news story on my being rock paper shotgun or something like that. Um, very random, and I was just like, this looks very pretty, and it came out of nowhere. Um, mm. and it's basically like this. It, it's it's this 2D platformer. It's very simple. There's barely any mechanics. You, you, it, it, it's also co-op and it has remote play. Um, there's this uh, this man and this woman, and they're just basically going through this really beautiful ethereal forestry area. Um, it's, it's sort of like you know. Like going through like Fern Gully, and yeah, okay. it's 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 as I say, there's not many mechanics to it. It's just like I press a button and you know, um, basically drag this this platform. It's like moving box puzzles, you know, just very yeah. simple or just like okay, there's a, there's a high ledge here. I'm just gonna hold down this button and the AI, or if you're playing with a another person, your partner can just be you know. Hoist it up, and they, you know, uh, drag you, drag you up. So it's mm. very, very rudimentary in its um, mechanics. Very simple in that way, but just the art style and and the animation. It's just, it's fantastic. It's like I'm enjoying that about the game. Um, mm. The gameplay is just like, meh, but it ju- just that beautiful art style and you know, really nice music that you maybe hear on like a French pier. Um, very, <laughs> it's got this very uh, quite specific. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe this very European okay pier kind of uh, on on the seafront kind of music. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a flute and pianos or something. But, um, okay. What are you, uh, what are you playing this on? <laughs> uh, PC. Right. <laughs> it was it was ten percent off. I, I think I've looked for it. I think it was like fifteen pounds. I think it was like. Ten percent off or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a punt." Um, 
just just really enjoying it. It's as I say, it's very simple, but it, it's just like I'm I'm spamming F12 just to take really nice screenshots because it because it's gorgeous. So yeah, and that's called Voyage. Yeah, it does look gorgeous. Voyage. Yeah, yeah. It's very lovely. It's like it's like a pretty painting. Mm. Mm. It, it uses, even though it's sort of like a 2D um, game, it doesn't look like it's, um, it's got like sort of kind stacking of depth too much. But it does have some, yeah, it does yeah. have some depth to it, definitely. And then the way that they've used sort of like a, you know, a little bit of a blur on those uh, mm-hmm. um, sort of backgrounds just to take it out of focus, um, yeah, works quite well. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in the story. There's like some mushroom people, I think, or something. I I, I don't know. Um, it might have a deeper meaning to it. And just, I don't oh, know, but it's very pretty people. to look at. It's 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 art in motion, and mm. I'm enjoying it just purely for that. So nice. Which like games for me don't have to be gameplay uh, first and foremost for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can just enjoy looking at something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, cool. So if that's everything you um, want to discuss, Lucy, yes, yes, um, yes. rather than one of us launching into uh, our topics, are you ready for another beer, perhaps? You're muted. Well, he's muted. He's muted. You're muted. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk now. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. That's that's a joke only for the video. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I just need to rinse my glass out. Cool. Um, so I'll do that forthwith. Okay. Cool. Get that to the I can't imagine that beer at all. It, it sounds. It's, uh, I don't know. It just. The way he was described, it was just like, wow. It sounded like when he said sour cream, I was just like, no. But it sounds like one of those very experimental beers, a deal that's mm-hmm. just like needs to be tasted. Yeah. Just to see what on earth happened. But What's you didn't, your beer, it's just, seen, yeah, it seems mm. like so intriguing that it's, it's worth the cost of admission just to see what the hell went on there. I mean, that's basically why I had mm-hmm. to buy it and try it and then obviously i was going to try it on uh, on the podcast because it's so it's morbid curious weird yeah yeah i mean it is a sour it does linger with some slight tropical and cucumber notes um it is less thick than it looked like i think in the end mm-hmm. it was um it has this creaminess and flavor but not a thickness in the in the liquid okay. um and it does all the things. I can see all the things that it says it is, and they're not too strong, and they're melded reasonably. But also, they're those things, and yeah. it's like it's not a yeah. You set out to do you, something. You did. You did thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, you have. And, and this, <laughs> and this is um oh, so it does have lactose in it, okay. which explains where I'm getting the creaminess, mm-hmm. etc. From I missed that, and the I didn't realize well because it's um. It doesn't present as Polish an and Greek, yeah. Sorry, it doesn't present itself as an adjunct. It's is it under the uh, allergens instead, perhaps? I oh, know it was. It, it was actually 
it's yeah i just missed that there was a clear listing of english ingredients after the mm. polish ones um but yeah it i don't it, it it's a thing and it's not bad and it's worth trying if you can yeah. track it down uh like like it like i said it does all the things on the tin it's not something i'm gonna run out and buy another one of yeah, um but it wasn't a bad beer i drank it reasonably quickly um I actually one of the things I like the most about it is that its finish is slightly more sour and mm. longer, um, and it, so it felt like a so oddly enough it feels more like I was drinking a sour now that I've stopped drinking it. Right. Okay. Just because I think my biggest complaint is the lack of carbonation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Like oddly enough, it's not the hey this kind of does remind me of tzatziki that makes me feel like it's not beery enough. It's just that it's not beery enough because it they didn't have enough carbonation. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, enough about beer number two. This is beer no- or beer number one. This is beer number two. Mm. A, bottle. a bottle. A bottle from Bristol Beer Factory. It is the Espresso Martini. Ooh. Espresso Milk Stout. Jo- dark Chocolate Malt. Mm. Coffee Lactose. This collaboration between two independent Bristol creatives takes BBF's classic super smooth milk stout and has dark roasted Wogan's coffee, shaken not stirred. Welcome to Espresso Martini. Made with barley and wheat, contains milk lactose. Something, something, seed neck. <laughs> Best before, I imagine. It's correct. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but yeah, so uh, another local uh, beer, but uh, a coll- another collab but with Wogan Coffee, which I didn't know was a... Th- Have you been, fellow Bis- Bristolian, heard of yes. Wogan Coffee? Yeah. Oh, where where are they? Um I know oh. part of the podcast no one else will be interested in. <laughs> um, is Wogan Coffee the one by what used to be Staples? Right down by Terry Cabot Wogan. Circus. Just off the moment. Terry Wogan? Oh, really? Yeah. Terry Wogan died, didn't he? Who? Terry Wogan? Yeah, he's Ter- dead. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's got... You're I right, don't think Wogan. he's related to this coffee company. <laughs> mm. But you are correct. Mm. It appears to be just off of the Cabot Circus parking yes. lot. I just had never heard of it for somehow. Some, yeah, just for somehow. Nice. I know words. There you go. Anyway, um, so I'm hoping for more bubbles. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to open a beer from Fallen Acorn Brewing Company. It's an 8.7% HDHC Dipper. That's lost my bubbles there. I don't know what HDHC means. Um, uh, um it's got weed in it. The... I mean, it's it's high definition hardcore. Yeah, yeah. very good. It's in seven twenty p. I don't even know what this beer is called. Um, it does say hoppiness by the kilowatt, further up the can. Um, well, I'm wattage in some, your beers. Some, isn't it? I know, I know. What's going on this mm. week? Um, there is flavor text. So this is continuous happiness. Well, this is what it looks like to us. Introducing our double IPA, hit with a high-density hop charge. Well, that's the HDHC, I guess. High-density hop charge. And heavy dry hop of Citra, Mosaic, Amarillo, and Chinook. Juicy hits of dank mango, peach, and citrus, and an ABV to make you ask, and where has all of the day gone? Um, <laughs> that's quite good. What else is there? That's it. Yeah, 8.7%. I like that. Malted barley, malted wheat, malted oats. That's the allergens. Doesn't give me any of the other ingredients. Uh, people don't like telling you their yeast these days, do they? No. no it, 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 
there there was like this thing in like maybe late 2018 through most of 2019 but not quite the whole year where all the labels suddenly had like the malts and the yeast mm. including the like oh it's this weird version of this malt it's not just a barley but it's like some you know saint george's barley of the third mm. um and now uh <laughs> and now it's yeah it's very much like a are you allergic to this it's regular beer ingredients mm. and some allergens and go die in a fire we have some art yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know where they get their yeast from. Oh. It's probably like scrapes off the floor tiles. And... Oh, I'm glad you went that way. Yummy. <laughs> I was not going to go the other way. Yeah, it's fine. We, don't, we <laughs> can just move on. <laughs> How is your beer, Adam? Um, so, ooh. It's actually got a, quite a crisp nose. Like, there's mm-hmm. something... Oh, um, it might actually just be the sweetness of the lactose, just evening out the nose. So there's like a, you get this hit of the maltiness and a bit of a coffee, and then it's like, and I think the sweetness um, is just rounding out the nose. So it's a, quite a quick nose. Mm-hmm. It has all those notes, and then you're kind of like, oh yeah, okay. Hmm. So I've got a cat growl or mumbling at me. I decided to wake up in the middle of... I think it's probably because I rinsed a glass that he's like, ah, movement, and now he's confused on whether he wants pets or to leave. Um, <laughs> which is fine for me to talk about while I'm digesting, uh, acclimatizing this taste. So, um, interestingly enough, I'm getting the dark chocolate very strongly. Mm-hmm. And with that, on the finish, it's got... Um, a bitterness that comes along with it as well. Like this is like a proper dark chocolate taste. Um, but with the lactose, that like drying bitterness plus lactose sweetness is kind of fucking me up with an aspartame me okay. feel in the finish, which is not a thing I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are roasted notes here uh, from the coffee and probably the malts as well. But they're being overpowered by this sort of hollow sweetness of like that's very reminiscent of aspartame. Mm-hmm. In the actual taste, it's got just enough. Oh, I forgot. I think I didn't mention it's four point five percent, so a light stout. Um, Once again, light stout from you. Mm-hmm. What am I okay, doing? I need to start one. not looking at. <laughs> hey, a stout! I like those, and then going. Um. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, I think it's it, it's not portrayed by its 4.5%. Like, there's enough going on here. I think the lactose is helping give it more texture so it doesn't feel thin. Uh, and I'm getting the coffee and I'm getting the chocolate right away. Um, and then it kind of fades. As they fade away, the lactose kind of comes in and gives it a sweetness. And there's like a literal sweet spot where all three are just in the perfect place, but then as the sweetness sort of stays where it is and the chocolate and roastedness kind of fade a bit more, that's when that more aspartame hollowness comes in. Mm. Um, I'm a fan of espresso martinis, and this isn't really conjuring that specific taste up. Mm. Um, I mean, if you didn't call it espresso martini... He says covering, and he just said espresso milk stout. 
I'll be like, cool, I get what you're doing because there's some coffee tastes and they're kind of, it's kind of more harsh roasted yeah. bitter coffee than like a, just a general like uh, coffee milk stout or something like that. Like it definitely feels more espresso-y because the bitterness is stronger. Um, it's a little more burnt tasting. Like it just feels like a stronger coffee. Um, the dark chocolate, I feel like the more I'm acclimatizing, the less I'm noticing it, unfortunately. But again, luckily the aspartaminess is also fading as my whole palate just stays a bit coated. But uh, it feels a little more like a mishmash, like things are being tried and they're like, there's just like kind of jarring movements between these things and there isn't as much cohesion as I was hoping. Um, and part of that is I was expecting something to taste a little more like an espresso martini, which just isn't just like the martini part is just not in this, right? Except that it's booze. Um, is this is uh, this is like a chocolatey espresso stout would be probably a better mm-hmm. way of saying it. I think. Do you think if it, um, if they'd have bumped up the um, ABV, that it might have felt a little bit more like if you'd have had a little bit more of a boozy flavor? Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't actually know what what the average espresso martinis alcohol is. I'm assuming it's not gin like a regular martini. I don't know. Probably vodka because that's more tasteless. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, it has less of a strong taste. <laughs> um, don't misinterpret that. I'm not dissing vodka. Um, but yeah, I think maybe um, it's not that boozy, which is fine. I like the finish is more sort of rounded, chocolatey with a bit of coffee burntness. Um, and like I said, now that I, I've sat with it for a bit, that aspartame taste has gone away, which is really good. So, I mean, maybe by the end, I mean, uh, my opinion changed on the last beer as well. So maybe by the end of this one, I'll have, uh, I'll have, or at least, you know, further in. Obviously, I'm not going to keep talking about mm-hmm. it while I drink it. But like by the end, I might have a more nuanced opinion of it. I do feel like this is definitely a beer you're, you're wanting to sip slowly. Yeah. Just because there's a lot going on, and, and, and it does seem to be changing a bit. Um, I think if you sort of drank this quickly as a, like, 4.5% sort of sessionable stout, you'd be disappointed because you would just hit these sort of awkward taste moments that I hit in the beginning and not really get what it seems to be blossoming into something, and I'm curious about. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so that's thus far mm. of the BBFWC Espresso Martini. Ooh, WC is a bad acronym, Mogan Coffee. Um, ben, how's yours? Um, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, it had a very, very um, a- again, like it's it's got a it's got a light nose, like the Verdant before it. So like it, it has a light nose, and uh, on the can it said it was mango and peach and a bit of citrus, and you're getting maybe a little bit more of the mango in on the nose. Um, but it, it kind of feels like there's this. Not quite weedy dankness to it, but more of this sort of... It is a dankness, but it's a very wet sort of dankness. It's like a damp kind of dankness. It's it's, it's, it's dank, it's weedy, but it's very, very light. Um, which doesn't come across in the, in the flavour, actually. It's a little bit darker than the last beer. Um, again, nice lacing on the, um, on the glass front. Mm. But... In the flavour, you very much get that peach through. And that is kind of the big flavour. That is the one that is presented the most to you. And that mango and maybe a little bit of, of citrus is just underneath that, just elevating that kind of peach flavour. 
and I'm not the biggest fan of peach, but the combination of these things is very nice. It's a it's a very pleasant tasting beer, um, but there's no dankness to be seen. Mm. There's no bitterness in this whatsoever. It presents as a big kind of peach flavor, and it's not like it's not the same flavor as when you have a peach. It's more of like a concentrated peach flavor when you have like a yogurt, say. Um, you know, it's not the it's not the fruit as such. It's but it's not an artificial flavor. It's just it, I think it says on it sort of um, high density hop charge and heavy dry hop of the of the hops that they've chosen. Um, mm-hmm. That it is big. It's a big peach flavor. Um, it, it just feels more than it would do if it was a fruit. And as I say, I think it's the mango kind of underlying that and, and bumping it up a little bit. But it does come across more, a little bit more artificial in the in the peach than sort of a natural mm. fruity kind of peach flavour, which is fine. I have absolutely no problem with that at all. It's 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 a big punch of this flavour, so they want something that is big. Um, but that's kind of it. That's all that it's doing, really. There's not mm. much more to this beer at all. Mm. Okay. I like the peach yogurt. I had a peach yogurt this morning. Mm, nice. It's very nice. Mm. So, size better than the sour cream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't. It's not very dry. Um, it's not very wet either. It's 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 kind of middling, so the flavour sticks around for a reasonable amount of time. Um, expected because there's no kind of bitterness in there. Dry me out at all. It's only maybe now that it's starting to dry out a little bit, but that peach flavour lasts, and it sits with me. And I don't have to go back to the beer to get another yeah. hit, because I'm not experiencing you know, several flavours flowing through from start to finish. It's like, here it is, here's the flavour, this is it. So I just sit here thinking, okay, cool, it's nice, I'll go back to it when I want a little bit more of that. But currently, it's still lasting. I'm still feeling that flavour from it. So, yeah. Easy drinking for eight and a half. 8.7%. Yeah. Dangerous, though. Extremely mm-hmm. dangerous. If it had a bit of bitterness to it, or I could tell that there yeah. was a little bit more booze in this, then maybe I'd drink it slightly slower. But it ain't happening. You'll be asking where where did the day go? Exactly, I will be asking Too that. Strong beer, yeah, yeah. I, maybe I, if I'd have had it, you know, mid afternoon. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I know exactly where the day has gone. Um, let's move on from our beers and, and drink these. Uh, Adam, what would you like to chat about this week? Um, I didn't really play much this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we played a bit more Destiny since the last time yeah. we recorded. Um, still enjoying it, though, sort of not being, sort of hit some walls of content because, of course, we're only playing the free mm-hmm. version. Um, uh, the lore seems more, the, and like the campaigns seem more locked away or less important than when I've played Destiny 1, which is... I know I'm not the right person, like, to target because I really liked the world building and the lore of Destiny 1. Um, and so I was, like, I think that's actually why I sort of fell off of D2 when it first came out because I played, like, a little bit. 
was because it wasn't sort of plot focused. Mm. Um, it was like rush through the plot to get to the end game content to do the loops that the game is designed around. And it very much feels like they understand that's what most people are coming for because like there's bits and bobs of plot, but most of it is just kind of like onboarding tutorial and like we played a lot more of the, the dungeons together. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're two people and a lot of them are designed for three people, we would just, well, someone would start it and run off and, and we would follow them and often just skip enemies. Apparently, you don't have to fight those guys. Mm-hmm. And we'd still be kind of behind. And then, then they would kill the boss when we arrived. <laughs> like, heaven forbid, you fuck up a jumping puzzle, which, boy, did I do a couple times, such that, like, Ben caught up. He hit the boss a couple times. I catch up. Fight is over. <laughs> cool story. There's so many jumping um, elements in that game. Yeah. I mean, what I watched was... <laughs> Like, what are they playing? I mean, that was that was actually not even a dungeon. That was just like that was <laughs> I mean, part of the the dungeon? custom curated content for new but players. Also it was an extended <sighs> part of that. Like, I don't think we we haven't really had any other platforming elements quite as <laughs> long as that one. Um, I think it was you know very much put in to be like this is what you might experience through this have it for twice as long as you are ever going to experience it again for no reason whatsoever. Those games just seem so... um, It it seems daunting to try and get into something that's had such a long tail. So, so did you not play Destiny ever before? I did. I I did you find the onboarding then, Ben? I played the beta for Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I played it for okay. the first. But I, I completely I agree. It, it, it is daunting. And I think the only mm-hmm. reason I have played this and experienced it is because I played it with Adam. And we've been able to yeah. kind of play it together. You know, I, I would not have tackled this by myself and tried to get into yeah. it. And it is a game to play with friends. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, probably yeah, best as a three because most of the strikes are for three people. Yeah. Um, and as you Because mm-hmm. like... I, I feel like that's the big thing. It's like, w- w- when we could, we muddled through things together, and it was fun, and like some of the, you know, sometimes it's like, get a quest, not sure what to do, figure it out together. Mm-hmm. That's fun, even if we're, like, I'm not, we're not trying to like, rush to the end, so it's fine if it takes a bit to figure it out, but then, as soon as we got into these raids, or whatever you call them, strikes, mm-hmm. that's it, um, it's like, searching for third player, and then, we couldn't, figure it out ourselves we were searching for the third player throughout the whole fucking thing yeah 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 exactly it makes you wait five minutes to match to someone who then fucks off and you're like (sighs) look deep like there were a couple times where we were not better things to do adil and (laughs) wait for you lot to fail yeah i mean but it was it was just kind of like um like I don't, we're not gonna. If we don't immediately know where to go, we're not gonna get up mm-hmm. in time. But also, there are part other parts of this, and it's. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I played a bit of Warframe back in the day, and then ended up stopping because I liked playing with the bow and arrow, and it was more of like a stealthy pick people off, and I could like solo some missions by just literally killing everyone slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but obviously when as soon as you play with someone else they're just like well we need to rush to the end to finish this because it's the third time i'm doing this run or whatever and so i'm like lining up an arrow shot and they I kill one guy and they've like quickly run and shot three guys but run past five more and then like keep going and you're like second arrow <laughs> uh and this like a couple of those fights very much felt like that which is like this is my first i, I wish there was a way of being like this is my first time doing this dungeon i'd like to do it properly flag right um because they're clearly well designed and like not only did we skip parts or like not shoot enemies etc because you don't need to it turns out mm. but also so much of it was chasing people that i didn't really appreciate all the design that went into yeah. it and that's all again one of the reasons i like even forget the lore is just like a well-designed game like the gunplay is super mm. tight i really yes. like it um and so to the point where you're like ah yeah that guy's you know levels above us but we could still like kill the bad guy because we can aim etc and it, but but when you're doing that so infrequently and you feel like you're just like rushing through an area you don't understand or recognize and the only way the only time we felt more comfortable was when it, we happened to have looped through to the same strike a second or third time and it was like okay now we know what to do it's like okay but now we're still don't know anything about half of the level we just know we need we just know how to keep up with this person mm -hmm. who's rushing mm -hmm. through. And that's mm -hmm. just, like, the antithesis to the way I like to play games with people. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. that's not fun. No, it's not. And it, it really made me think that actually, um, you know, with, with Bungie having now, like, full control over Destiny, um, having, having stopped partnering with Activision and come away from that, um, that actually the gunplay is so solid... That I just want a little corridor shooter from them. You know, just a single player, little corridor shooter. They can call it Destiny, that wizard came from the moon, and everyone would buy it. And it's just a little five or six hour single player corridor shooter using those shooting mechanics. Because they are tight, they're really solid. Yeah, um, they're good. It's just all the other fucking multiplayer bullshit yeah. that, that drags yeah. it down. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I, I played. I was telling you like this over the weekend. I played the beta for the first game. I was like, "This mm. feels so good." And I turned it mm. up because <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not into the whole space you? opera kind of um, setting anyway. But I was just like, "What is this convoluted thing that they're calling it MMO, but isn't it MMO?" Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. there's some hub world. It, it was. I mean. Most games do that now, so Destiny yeah, was true. very much, you know, uh, you know, leading the lining that um, for better or worse. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, give me, give me a shooty shooty game, six hours <laughs> with those, as you say, really good mechanics, and then yeah, yeah but um, nah, it's it's it's, it's a lot. Mm. <laughs> you know? It is. It it's is people lot. who talk about destiny ad nauseum are just um where's the muzzle <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems probably... like one of those game all encompassing games it's just yeah. like i do not understand this you know yeah. not, why not... you 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 hate the game everyone who talks about the game hates the game and yet they play it like it's like it's because there's really tight bits right like that's stockholm syndrome mate that's what it is mm. yeah you're not yeah. wrong yeah 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, other than that, I haven't really played many games this mm-hmm. week. Uh, for various scheduling reasons, my usual, haha, I streamed on Tuesdays. Um, thus, I will always have a thing to talk about now. Uh, it just didn't happen. Uh, we, we sort of had to rejig some mm-hmm. things, so now I will be streaming that on Thursday, it sounds like. Um, so maybe next week I'll have more than one game to talk about, shock and awe. Um, but uh, the the other thing I wanted to bring up was just uh, I, I boy stadium's a train wreck. Um, <laughs> and like we're not a super newsy uh, thing, but I think it's worth bringing up if people haven't noticed. Um, just so no one noticed. Well. <laughs> No one would have noticed the years there. So a couple things happened, right, in the past couple weeks. The... <laughs> yeah, so they shut the, the the internal studios for Stadia down. Um, Sorry, I'm getting yelled at by a furry thing. How um, dare it. Furry. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they shut the studios down. Um, the shitty thing that you can, like, watch the gym position on is... Uh, is Days before they announced that they were shuttering the studios, they had sent glowing um, email to the head of the studio. Sent a glowing email to everyone saying, "Hey, we're so proud of all the things you're doing. We're we've got like an announcement coming up about our like plans and schedule of developments. Yeah, f- uh, for the year. Oh, it's in that uh, and then they, yeah, and then they." Um, just then they the cancel it. It turns out that schedule no. of events. Yeah. yeah. It's either your P45 or a new Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, that's gotten some reasonable press, but if you're not familiar, that's, like, obviously a shitty thing mm. to do because you didn't have to send the email to, like, float people up right, right before it's you just, just literally difficult. shit-canned them. Like, th- um, th- they probably sent that just as a, you know, it's probably on a uh, draft email and stencil. Oh yeah, well it's done, like guys, yeah that know? that. Yeah. Here's a, it's yeah, like it, our, I, here's our quarterly profits. We did amazingly, but you're fired. It's like yeah. every company does that. So Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. It's just the timing was obviously totally insensitive. Um, okay, I don't care. Uh, yeah, and, and so I don't think the cruelty is the point. Like Jim says, uh, I think it, I think Lucy's read on it is is it's much more accurate, which is. This was just a thing that was set up and scheduled by some intern or PA, mm-hmm. um, and and they just didn't bother. No one thought about, hey, that thing's in the books. What's it going to be like in three days? Because yeah. the cruelty is like the I don't give a shit move is much more plausible than I'm trying to be cruel just for the sake mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, just because they are aware of PR disasters, right? Because um, that affects them somewhat. So we're talking about like 150 developers, um, but uh, one of the things that has come out of this that hasn't had as much press that I just don't want to talk about because I think people lose sight of what these acquisitions mean, especially when they're by multi-billion dollar corporations who have are not gaming focused entirely or have other things to do and other priorities. Um, so Typhon Studios... Um, are the ones who were developing Journey to the Savage Planet, oh, yeah. Yeah, which good, when good. Google yeah. bought, yeah, so when Google bought them, it became a uh, not Stadia is exclusive, but one of the few free games on Stadia. 
for those of you who don't know, Stadia obviously was set up to fail because you had to rebuy your games on Stadia, only some of which were free on Stadia Pro. Um, so you would be streaming a game that you never owned, or but but streaming games you never owned was one thing, but also streaming games, but paying sixty dollars for the privilege of streaming games was the essential conceit of Stadia. Crazy. Um, yeah, especially so, when they're, they're they're appealing to a more casual market who mm. don't have a gaming PC, who don't have a console. Yeah, they're not gonna. It's like they're gonna go for Game Pass. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, it was doomed to fail. We're not surprised that Stadia ended up closing down their internal studios because it's a failed venture. But um, so Typhon Studios stopped being an independent studio and started being part of Google. Yeah. Which is so when Google shut its doors on its development team, it included every member of the previous team known as Typhon Studios. They're all unemployed now. Which which sucks because it's like that studio literally is a few years old before they got acquired, and it's like yes, yeah. Google money, of course, take it. They've got families to feed, and now that's just completely blown up. And it's like yeah, and yeah, Journey to the I think we lose- Planet is a very good game. And it's like obviously talented folk down there, and the head of the studios. I like his games and his personality, mm. even though he came under some flack over. Some yeah. stupid Twitter thing, which was ridiculous. But um, he was just saying like, oh, maybe streamers should pay for the privilege of you oh, know yes. streaming games. Not yeah. e- not even yeah. should, but it's a conversation that mm-hmm. could happen. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's it, it's sad because it's like, uh, I mean, hopefully they can. I don't know if the, the the conditions are right, given the whole financial instability of the pandemic. But it'd nice to be see. It'd, it'd be nice to see them get back together and and like do form Typhon too. Yeah, but you just think Tufan. Yeah, Tufan Studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just I think, mean well, it gets worse though because yeah. like so one thing it's sort of it's easy to think oh a group of developers at at, at Google lost their jobs. I hope they get the um, IP. But right, but actually, what it is is Google acquired functional, seemingly profitable studios, and then didn't they don't get spun back out? They just get disbanded. Mm-hmm. But it gets weirder because um, Journey to the Savage Planet, which only just got released to Stadia Pro, Stadia Pro recently, mm-hmm. has run into a string of bugs. So this is from a Kotaku art- article on it. Um, including freezing on the main menu, crashing, and hanging. So the problem here is, because it's Stadia, you don't have access to any of the files, so you have no ability to troubleshoot. Turns out these bugs are bugs on the Google system, and so they are 100% replicatable and 100% unsolvable as the nature of the beast of streaming the game running on a different PC is. So, current publisher... 505 games get is is getting support emails from people um and they've had to say um first so there's two emails i'm going to read verbatim from this kotaku article because it's so choice and exactly what i wanted to bring up about how we have to pay attention to what streaming is and what amalgamation means so Dear person, thank you for contacting 505 Game Support. We're currently looking into this. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do from our end right now since all of the game code and data on Stadia is owned by Google. Please do not hesitate to contact us 
uh, should you need further assistance. Best 505 game support. Yeah. It, so that was like a blanket. You're having problems. Contact Stadia. I, I think that's a They're bit the crappy, pub- though. Like, it, it, you know, like, okay, it's not on 505, but they are, you know, this is a person reaching out because they're obviously having issues. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. don't lay out because this person probably has no idea, maybe doesn't have any idea, like, this happened. So yeah, it's like absolutely. That, you know, okay, so, so this so is where we get email. to. Um, the second Customer email, service. which I, I will read the whole long thing, which, again, I don't think is the best response from a 505 from a mm-hmm. PR standpoint, but I think it really highlights exactly how fucked this game is and Stadia users are. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your reply. Please note that the publisher for Journey of the Savage Planet on Stadia is, in fact, Stadia Games and Entertainment Google LLC. And unfortunately, we have no way of assisting with this kind of issue from our end, we suggest reaching out to Stadia Support again and informing them that the publisher for the Stadia version of Journey of the Savage Planet is actually them. Please allow also let the agent know that Typhon Studios, the developer of Journey of the Savage Planet, has been acquired by Google Stadia in 2019, which means they should have more information about this situation. As mentioned before, we do not have access to the game's code and data since it's owned by Google and therefore we're unable to assist in resolving code-related glitches. We hope you understand, and please do not hesitate to contest should you need further information. So the point I wanted to bring up is um, the way Google acquired it, they became the publisher of the game for their own platform as well. Mm-hmm. So not only does 505 have no, is the dev... Or is the publisher, not the dev, so they have no way to fix code-based glitches. These code-based glitches are currently seemingly only affecting the Stadia platform. And actually, the way Google acquired it, they acquired both the publishing and developing of it. And so, actually, 505 isn't even a Stadia... Like, they're just not a contact for Stadia. Yeah. Because on both ends, it's Google. And Google's basically said, fuck this and fuck this game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... It's it's crappy for the consumers because like you know someone reading that email might be thinking who's typhon studios (laughs) i just bought this cool game but i think the second email is it was a follow-up wasn't it which is better but it's just like come on i mean it still doesn't help the consumer unfortunately but yeah also it kind of shows off that they're like i literally can't do anything i mean ideally they'd be like We've found a contact for all these things. Yes. Please, like, I feel like that's the part that the PR slash support for 505 like, could do because they're, they're the publisher of the rest. Like, they have some stake in it. Yeah. Their, their name is attached to the game, even if it isn't the game on this platform. But it also just shows how Google was very happy to take on publishing of the, the game for Stadia. Yeah. And then is just as happy to kind of let that responsibility just float into the ether like well people joked about a google abandoning stadia because they abandoned all the things but i think i don't think sometimes you realize people realize how much actually that affects especially when it's an not a new space right it's not like google plus where they hired a bunch of people to try and make a (laughs) a new twitter remember that Oh, that really worked. Um, <laughs> right, so then they just fired all these developers they hired specifically for this task, right? But in this case, Stadia was buying up studios and developers um, as well as um, creating an ecosystem for consumers to directly interact with that when they pu- started pulling the plugs, everyone involved is getting sort of screwed on, on different angles. 
Um, right. And so when we get more of these mergers and acquisitions, we're going to get more of these. We're running a big risk of getting more of these situations where like it's a hot potato of responsibility. Yeah, like I get five oh five and I uh, not being responsible, but also I thought that was a crappy email. Like you, you uh, see, yeah. they they just you know probably typed into Google, you know, customer support for this game. Theirs was the first thing that came up because it's on more platforms than Stadia. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's they're literally the the publisher for every non-Stadia platform. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, not yeah. unforeseen that a consumer might go the wrong way. It's, right? it's like how many times like, like um, on Giant Bomb they used to say that they used to get emails about you know just people having tech issues in games because it was like you type a game and and it immediately goes they to like giantbomb.com because yeah. they have like a wiki of all these games you wouldn't reply saying oh you know unfortunately gig. I, I just think it was a really in bad taste from I mean 505 are just awful anyway so it doesn't surprise me but um yeah, yeah. I mean yeah so I agree and uh, it's it's like no one's winning <laughs> yes absolutely yeah I, I don't like that I, I've come so, off dating 505 more than Google <laughs> with that, but um, I know they've been very generous to us, we've given us codes, but like, come on guys, yeah, customer service, it, it doesn't take Step much. up, Absolutely. right? Like, Absolutely. I think that's the that's the bit that sucks, is they're mm. not stepping up. But yeah, it, it, it is fascinating, because I think we knew that Google, as you say, like, it was doomed to fail at the beginning, but you thought they'd give it a little bit more push but it's just like this has not only failed from like a marketing and just care point of view from google but also on a technical mm. level where it's like yes they don't have access to the code so they can't patch the game it's just that's crazy like yeah, absolutely <sighs> that there's no you, one there's no one that's left why there's to no be able to, to have, fix these issues yeah that's why there's no reason to have faith in it because mm. not because you don't think the publishers behind it you, you know you think Google's behind it but also because something is so tenuous as that it's like we got rid of the people there's nothing we can do now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's just not good no. on any angle and very bad on every yes, angle don't, okay. don't buy anything on Stadia. Um, it's, it's not that good anyway. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> what is dead? Like the, the, the technology, the te- yeah, the technology seemed like it could be promising, but I think, um, I mean, Google will license out that tech to to other companies, and it will be stuff that we never see, and it will be stuff in the background that we don't notice. But yeah, I, I, I'd like to see that kind of technology. Uh, get improved on because yeah. it is it, it, it's i would just love to be like that after download what's a big game anything <laughs> yes anything ideally i don't mind downloading 300 megabytes of some uh uh indie game but mm. yeah. you don't want an 80 I could gig just you don't like, have to worry yeah. about an 80 gig download every you know couple yeah. of weeks because the new thing is about yeah yeah, where I don't have to like worry about downloading cloud saves, although mm. might I don't know how seamless Stadia was with that. Um, 
And just, yeah, pick it up on any computer. Um, as I say, I think Microsoft are probably just uh, our only hope, really, with that kind of... Um, does, does well, not our only hope, but they're, they're, they're pushing for it. And it's yeah. like, yes, they, they seem to actually care. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that one shakes out as well, hey, when they get bored. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think mm. um, everything that I've heard about um, Game Pass on, like... Android is 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 good. Like they're, they're implementing like using touch controls as well. Um, oh, nice! In like just normal games, it's like okay, mm. this game has touch controls now. You don't you don't need a controller. Mm. So it seems like that's steadily grown into a more um, ubiquitous platform, which is which is good because gaming should just be accessible at this point. Absolutely, like, completely. Mm. Um, I don't want to update my drivers. It's a it's a a bit of an awkward segue, but it does lead me on quite well to the game I want to talk about: accessibility, right? Mm. Um, mm. But before I do, we, we're all finished with Stadia chat. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Cool. Screw it. Um, oh, before we move on to Stadia, off from Stadia, there was a. Did anyone play that game Submerged? No. The game calls it a small indie game. Is that the EA game? No. No, that's another one. See, that's Sea of Solitude. It's kind of, it's not similar. It's I set did in like play you're submerged. in a boat. Yes, well, you're, it's, yeah. it's on a boat as well, isn't it? You're, you're moving between different yeah, like, sort of islands and buildings and stuff, yes. Really peaceful, tranquil mm-hmm. game. Yep. And it, it, a sequel to that came out on Stadia last year. Really? And I didn't know. Really? Yeah. I had no idea until, I can't remember where I saw it. It might have. I don't know. Like, it might have been on like one of those Stadia Link stories, mm-hmm. but I was just like, "What?" It's like a Stadia exclusive. Wow. It's like I would have played a sequel to that game. That people, was very calm, people be but... taking Google's money and running away. For mm. some people, at least. I, I hope they Not got everyone. their decent payout. Yeah, yeah. kept the, I hope they didn't get swallowed up. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Stadia over. I um, think that'll be the last time anyone talks about it, really. That's probably true. <laughs> Into the, the final universe. death knell when we have a conversation about, oh, it's dead. Okay, cool, let's move on. Um, uh, yes, I've been playing a game called Shattered, um, Tale of the Forgotten King, mm-hmm. which um, I got a code for from uh, Player2PR. Um, it released back on the 17th of February, so a few days ago. And it is a, it's like a Souls-like game, but it kind of, it's not that it tries not to be, right? Mm -hmm. It just tries to inhabit a different, a slightly different space. It's like an action RPG, as as Dark Souls is. Okay, it's an action RPG, but it it hits a lot of the same kinds of beats. Um, It's very stylish. In the way that it looks, it's got a very muted kind of color palette, lots of grays and, um, and and kind of blues, but you do get a few more lush environments with quite stark kind of um, aesthetic looks to them, which is great. I'm, I'm only about seven hours in, and I understand it's maybe about a thirty-ish oh, wow. hour game. Okay. Um, oh wow! But uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. But I'm getting frustrated with it at the same time, right? And a lot of that comes from 
um, the two main elements of the game, which is, like Destiny, combat and platforming. Mm. And the combat is kind of like Dark Souls. It's very much um, you know heavy sword swings, dodging out of the way. You've got a stamina bar. You've got to conserve that kind of thing. Enemies are big and hard, and they hit really hard and stuff. But I've I've got to grips with that. It's kind of the thing that I'm yeah. like all right at, and I'm kind of just okay with parrying attacks from enemies, although not bosses. I die a lot on bosses at the moment, um, as you would expect. Uh, but in both the combat, it's the movement, which also relates to the platforming kind of aspect, which doesn't quite work. It's very, okay. very floaty. It's very soft. Mm. Yeah. You don't feel kind of like heavy. There's no lock-on button, or at least if there is, I haven't discovered it yet. But I kind of have to move my character around to make sure I'm swinging in the right kind of place to hit things. And when I dodge, I can kind of dodge in a certain direction. But a lot of the time, I'm... Uh, missing the the reach of characters so I'm missing my reach and knowing yeah. how close I need to be to an enemy to actually hit them and gotcha. I'm missing an yeah. enemy's reach and I'm not getting far enough away from them and a lot of that I think is to do with not being able to or, or, or not locking on and it just kind of being a free camera following this character in third person going around um, and that, that, that equates to the um, the platforming as well. Uh, I will I will jump up on something and I'm like didn't make that and just fall into oblivion and die. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, I I obviously needed to jump and then dodge just to give me that little bit of extra reach in this bit, even though it was close enough that when I just jumped, I kind of just hit the edge. You know, if it was just that little bit that way, I'd have been fine. And if it was just that little bit farther away, it would have telegraphed that I should have also dodged and had to use the extra stamina to have moved. So there's a few little elements around this game which are really frustrating. But mm. I find myself coming back to it. I find myself enjoying it just enough that I want to play through it and I want to progress a little bit. And whilst combat again is frustrating in terms of the reach and understanding things some of the boss battles some of just the normal movement through the environments and, and, and fighting enemies does feel good and, okay. and kind of as we were talking about earlier like there's there is a sense that I could just run past a lot of enemies and I wouldn't need to do anything I just need to get from A to B and that will move me into the next sort of section um, but obviously there's no then progression um, the, the same as like Dark Souls as soon as I kill something I get essence which is what it's called in this and that allows me to upgrade myself uh, because it's an RPG so there's obviously upgrade mechanics and, uh, and and those sorts of things like upgrading your weapon upgrading yourself and it's quite a you know it's quite an in-depth kind of game it's, it's, it's deep mm -hmm. it's got some systems to it that, that you can kind of game a little bit around to tailor to your playstyle. It's just janky enough that it doesn't quite sort of um, you know, meet meet a, 
a bar of of, yeah. of what I was kind of expecting from it. Um, which is a shame because it looks and it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of love has gone into this. It, 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 mm. It's just almost like it's not rushed. It's just maybe not fully realised, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and they've gone, yeah, this is good. This feels fine. That's what it will be. And then not returned. You know, gone, this is this is the combat. We're happy with that. Let's now yeah. make a bigger world to explore. Let's now concentrate on putting items over here and items over here so people have to do all of these jumpy bits to get up to very obscure sorts of places. And, it, you know, it, it, it kind of feels like um, a, a sort of a Dark Souls in that it wants you to explore. It wants you to kind of, you know, go to the edges of the map and look for things and jump on top of what you can and kind of vertically and horizontally explore as much as possible. And it puts characters with a little bit of dialogue in very obscure places. But the one thing that's very, very good, actually excellent in this game, and much better than I've seen in a lot of similar style games, is that it links its spaces very, very well. So you okay. can you can spend five minutes making your way through a space and trying to kill or dodge enemies and get out of the way and kind of going up here and then going over here and coming back down here and then making your way to kind of point B and realizing that there is a gate but like, oh, I can knock the lock off from this side of this gate, and instantly you're back at point A, and you're like, great, very convenient, fantastic. Yeah. I've 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 yeah. done that element of progression. I've worked my way through this. If I want to go back to the central hub area where I can upgrade myself, I can come back to point A and I can instantly walk through to point B, and I've done that section. It's very good in that. I know that I have done it, I have progressed through, and then it rewards me with that little fast travel element. And that has mm-hmm. progressed as I've played in different areas, it's maintained that. It hasn't sort of been like, it just does it for this one. It has kept that up mm. throughout nice. all of these. Yeah. And it links spaces no, very, so very well. Which is, which is, for, for one of these kinds of games, is is quite a key sort of feature I need to feel like I'm making some kind of progress around the world rather than it just being, you know, like a corridor shooter. You move between levels, you just do that bit, and you go, this is it is sort of open world, but you need to have done certain bits to be able to then access the fast travel, not fast travel, but the kind of the gates and the doorways to be able to sort of move through. So it, 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 it's planned its spaces out very, very well. I just wish it wasn't quite so floaty to have mm-hmm. to move through all of these things. Um, and I'll, I'll probably have some more thoughts next week on it as I've, I've played a little bit more. I'll find some more time. And, you know, Again, I might not have finished it next week um, based on how much I've been able to play um, since I've got the code, I'll probably have played another five, six, seven hours, you know, about the same amount of time again. So I probably won't have finished it. But I can tell you whether I've spent only an extra hour with it and binned it or whether I did want yeah. to continue kind of uh, through with it or not. But at the moment, it's holding me. That's good, yeah. I like, not every game has um, to be 
eight out of ten or anything. Oh, like oh, oh completely. Yeah, yes. it can just yeah, it just power through games. Yeah. That it's like yeah, that, I'm not a fan of this and that and A, B, and C, but there's something there. Yes, absolutely. Dragging you through that experience. That's yeah, it's, it's good that to. you want to go back, given yeah. that you have concerns that are pulling you in the opposite mm-hmm. direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We all have games it, like it, it also does very well in um, allowing you small increments of progress as well. So like with Dark Souls, where you have the bonfires, uh, this game has what they call wells, but it's a big um, uh, it's a big pier and, or uh, like okay. a, a pillar and you Pire. basically touch oh, it okay. yeah. and it lights up yeah. and that is your regen point. And they're they're pretty frequent, which is nice, because every time you hit one, you're like, well, I've got all of this essence, Mm -hmm. which I can use, and now I can either decide if I want to go somewhere else or do something else, but at least I've saved my progress, and they're frequent enough that I can play for 30 minutes and be like, right, cool, I've hit one of these, I've touched it, all of the enemies regen, because it's a a Souls-like kind of game. Uh, but I've, you know, I've unlocked this thing so I can miss ten of them and only have to fight two of them to get back to that same right. sort of point. Yeah. Um, so right. yeah, the the progression and the way that the maps link just just works very very well and is satisfying. Um, and again, it's got this like grungy, very blocky kind of aesthetic. I like the art style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I saw you pop up playing it, was it last week, and I was mm. like, oh, what's that? And I was like, oh, that's very pretty. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> it is pretty, even though for the first few sort of levels it's it, it's quite hard, but it has, it, it's hard, but it has an, ethere- an ethereal quality to it as well. Mm-hmm. So lots of sort of like glowing lights and that whilst being very blocky in its aesthetic. Um, but the characters mm. are are very well designed and look beautiful, even if they are pretty static uh, when you're kind of talking to them. It the, the the story is that Dark Souls level of fucking nonsense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean like lore that you need to dig into that it doesn't so present? It's, it's, or... it's, it's presenting it at a reasonable pace. But I still got no idea what it's trying to tell me or what's going on. Um, there's a king. He and he created the world. That's who we're looking to mm-hmm. find. These other beings turned up and fucked stuff up. Oop. And now you're inhabiting that space, the fucked up space, by these beings. Um, right. Mean, so that yeah. That's Mario. Yeah. So. Mm. That's kind of it so far. So we'll see. We'll see how how well that delves into other stuff. I've spent some resources when I got to a certain point opening up more uh, exposition given to me. Like, okay, cool. Sure. I still don't know what's going on. All you've told me about is stuff that's happened. Uh, Kind of how this all links together is still a little bit fuzzy and airy. Um, but more and more is being uncovered. So I would imagine if you do get mm. through to the end, you'll have a um, a slightly more 
rounded idea of what's happening with the world than you do in Dark Souls. I, I know those those okay. games are notorious for not giving you very much in terms of story. I, I think this does give you more. It just is drip feeding it very, very slowly and quite abstractly as well. So, yeah, but but so far so good. Uh, I mean, yep. yeah, we'll return to it and see if next week my thoughts are the same or if it's kind of, you know, expanded a little bit or got better in any sort of mm. um, sort of elements but the issues that I'm having with the say the movement through both the platforming and the combat I don't think is something that's going to be improved so we'll see if there's other elements which um, which which hold me a little bit more but it's fun so far so yeah uh, shattered there you go fair enough um that's probably it for us this week then a nice a nice yeah. point to uh, finish on we will return to our beers though at all yeah um they were both interesting beers oddly enough um if you just presented them to me and gave me the description of one vis-a-vis uh, -vis the ingredients and how well they worked together I would have assumed you were talking about mm -hmm. the other um, so it's one of those things where yeah if I was in a pub and I had them on offer like like it was a choice between them I would the one I would have a second time was probably the espresso martini okay. just because it's a little less out there uh, but I don't think it's the better beer mm. Um, so despite the lack of carbonation on the Corfu food advisor, I think it just, it's got a handful of ingredients and it does a very interesting and well made, like, it's a well designed beer. Like, it stitches all these things together. It's, it, it's, none of them sort of jump out or fight each other. It's very well made. It's just a little more unique generally as far as those tastes go that you're not going to like seek it out and like i said i the most disappointing part for me was that it was just a little too flat such that it felt more like at times like more like an interesting liquid than an interesting mm -hmm. beer it still had some some bitterness and some um sort of they had the telltale sour taste but the sours are sort of not a standard beer taste, so I think when you lose the carbonation, you lose a lot when it's just like, yes, this tastes like a sour, but a flat sour. This is very non-beer-like as a result. Uh, but again, it did all those things so well um, with the knitting and the ingredients and an interesting interplay of them. And it grew on me uh, uh, that while the espresso martini, I kind of just got used to things. And yes, the aspartame type taste I was getting in the beginning faded, but the rest were... Um, It didn't, it, it like, so, so that thing filled itself in, but it never really got replaced with, oh, now everything's working. It was just like, now this thing that was like, oh, I don't like the taste of aspartame, I've gotten used to, or my powers is like, we've progressed past, and now we just have this sort of kind of janky chocolate espresso um, taste where, yeah, I don't taste aspartame, but also I'm not getting a lot out of this. It's just more drinkable in that sense, and that's like the only thing that really has it above the. the so the only thing that really ranks the espresso martini above the core food food advisor is that it's drinkable, <laughs> more drinkable, and it's like, well, that's 
that's not good enough. Um, especially when obviously the Corfu Food Advisor is swinging for the fences flavor wise. You can't be like, ah, but it's not a standard flavor, so fuck this beer, right? Like, it was never going to mm-hmm. be standard flavor beer. So, uh, partly because uh, it's such a bizarre thing to try, and they did, and but mostly because they succeeded on knitting these flavors together in an interesting way. And parts of it I didn't didn't really match my personal taste but it's not a like it, it all works in a way right um, and the espresso martini felt more like there were tastes that were kind of fighting each other at times so it's the uh malt garden and seven island brewery collab corfu food advisor this nice. week good um i think i'm going to be similar to you in that i'm going to pick my first beer for the evening as the one that sticks out a little bit more for me so um the 40 watt moon from verdant i think just has a little bit more going for it than the than the fallen acorn the the verdant and as i drank um presented a little bit more flavor so i i I mentioned there was a little bit of melon on the nose and that then came through in the flavor the more that i drank it that kind of slight very light bitterness that it had to it did present a little bit more and 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 came with a, a slightly sort of melon kind of flavor you know maybe a little bit more um not sort of honeydew but maybe like a little bit more sort of like cantaloupe kind of um mm. flavor that, that 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 did appear but was a little bit subdued um with the um with the i think the mango that i was getting if i can remember correctly um whereas the the fallen acorn was just kind of that one big note and didn't really do very much and 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 as I've drank through that bit it has retained that very very well but it has not done anything more and it's a lovely bit it's very easy to drink and I would absolutely recommend it for someone who likes those stone fruit flavors and doesn't want something you know too big or too bitter they just want a solid stone fruit flavored, you know, peach flavored beer. Uh, I just, I think the forty watt moon from Verdant does a little bit more. It's a little bit more balanced and presents just a little bit better. Um, so that's the um, kind of the pick this week. But I would drink both beers again, absolutely. Uh, nice. Especially since I'm not a huge fan of peach. Uh, I think the um, the fallen acorn. Did peach well enough, backed up by other flavors as well, like a mango, um, that uh, it just took it away from it being too intense. Mm. So. Nice. That's my pick for this week. Um, if you've drank any of these beers, or you want to tell us about the beers that you have drank, you can do so in lots of different ways at Tanked Up Cast over on Twitter. We're the same on Instagram. You can get all of us at Out of Lives Net over on Twitter as well, or go to outoflives.net to look at other articles and listen to the shows that we put together. If you're watching us, listening to us on Twitch, hit follow, hit subscribe, whatever those buttons are, is follow. You can subscribe to us if you really want to. We do lots of other things on Twitch as well, like gameplay videos and stuff. Uh, Adel and I, we get together occasionally on a Wednesday. He has his first looks on a Tuesday normally. Radari will be streaming on a Friday when he's back to it as well. 
and we do Geek Out Weekly on a Monday, which is another podcast-style show where Adel and I talk about a topic in depth for an hour. Uh, all of that is found on outadvice.net as well. You can go to our YouTube page. You can find us on your podcast service of choice. If you're feeling generous with the next five minutes you've got, rate us, review us on your podcast service of choice because that always helps spread the word and get more people involved. You can also come to our Discord to chat to us. Tell us about the beers you've drank or the games that you've played. We'll actually talk to you. That's a thing we can do. I think we'd be happy to do. Um, yes. If, though, you don't like a couple of us and you only want to talk to us to one of us specifically, <laughs> you could do so. Lucy, how do people get hold of you? Oh, I'm not the favourite here. <laughs> so, but um, if you were... Juicy Lucy and I. Uh, Adel, <laughs> how do people talk to you? Uh, at the Omniarch. Uh, and I'm at Nova underscore 47. I think that's everything. I think that's all of the things we do, all of the places we inhabit, all of the beers we drank, and all the games we have played for this week. So, I can finish by saying we have been tanked up. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Sayonara. Ciao. <laughs> Very multicultural mm. this week. Yeah www.outoflives.net